0: I'm Brandon Reed, and you're listening to Real Estate for the Rest of Us, a podcast dedicated to demystifying the world of real estate investing. I want to cut through all the industry jargon and instead serve up actionable and unintimidating information that you can use in your own real estate journey. I interview real estate professionals, and we talk about their real-life experiences. It's real simple. Now let's get into the show. In today's episode, I talk with J.P. Albano. J.P. is a walking testimony for how powerful the combination of a committed work ethic, ability to connect with others, and positive outlook can have when you're investing in real estate. When he first started out, J.P. decided to hop right into an area of real estate that can be extremely intimidating to even seasoned investors, multifamily properties. He started connecting with people who had experience and expertise in that specific world, and soaked up everything that they had to teach him. It wasn't long before he was partnering with people and doing deals, deals that he had to learn to analyze and determine value in. That's what we talk about in today's episode, finding and valuing multifamily properties. JP does an awesome job of making this intimidating area of real estate feel extremely approachable. He gives tangible advice on how to get started and what you need to be looking for. So, if you're interested in multifamily investing and feel overwhelmed by the idea of having to find the right deal, you'll get a ton of value from this interview. I hope that in this interview, you find practical insights that you can learn from or directly apply as you continue on your own journey in real estate. And now, here's my conversation with JP. All right, guys, we have uh, JP Albano with us this evening. JP, how are you, man?
1: I am wonderful. I just had a uh, dinner and I have a belly full nice. of delicious food from this nice. farmer that lives nearby and uh, I'm happy to talk to you.
0: Oh, very nice. Awesome. Yeah. That's a, that's a great place to springboard from a belly full <laughs> of farm, fresh food. Well done.
1: I got to tell you, this guy makes chicken like nobody else. I don't know Ooh. what it, so he raises the chickens. Sorry, we're going off track here. He raises <laughs> the chickens and then he's got a service where he'll do like a uh, dinners for you for, you know, whatever, a couple bucks. Oh, three. amazing. And my wife loves it. Cause it's just like, I don't have to cook dinner. And the food's really good. And That's it's all amazing. Local. You're, and it's, how it's, far are you outside of Atlanta? I am uh, 20 to 35 minutes. Well, okay. now with the Black Swan event, it's like five minutes because there's nobody on the road. But, yep, um, yep, yep. but with normal life, it's about uh, 30 to 35 minutes or so.
0: Wow. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. Wish we all had that. Um well, let's let's dig into real estate here. Um, let's let's talk first, JP, about kind of how you first got started in real estate. Give listeners a little bit of a grounding on you, how you got involved, what first drew you in to real estate in general.
1: Yeah, uh, thank you. So, uh, you know, I I had been and uh, still kind of doing a little bit um, uh, enterprise sales, so selling computer systems, server, storage, all the things that run the cloud to enterprises, and uh, it's 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 been a great job, a great career, and and I found my, myself at one point. Feel like i kind of reached the ceiling a little bit and i was thinking about what is next like what does the next chapter look like right and um i, I really while I, this job has created a wonderful lifestyle for me i wanted to find something that didn't require me to constantly sell equipment right like well, how can mm-hmm. i create past the elusive passive income mm-hmm. and just like most people you kind of research into it or maybe you've heard people talk about real estate as a way of doing it maybe you buy a house and you rent it out and that's a way of building passive income Yada, yada, yada. So I, I went down the path of, of listening to podcasts and reading books and absorbing as much information as I could to see um, in, where in real estate is my niche, right? Because they say the riches and the niches. And so um, I think like most people, uh, I, I found biggerpockets.com and listened to a lot of their shows and got my wife on board with it. And I remember getting, uh, there was a, either a printout or a downloadable thing. And it talked about their their Burr Blueprint, I think is what it was. And uh, maybe you've seen this. Yeah. And you use their their buy, See, so, says buy you renovate rehab uh refinance and rent out a uh, property so you make mm-hmm. 20k 30k whatever you do this a bunch of times you roll and roll and roll your money and then in this process you buy an apartment because that's the ultimate passive investment vehicle sure. right you got multiple tenants in there and you've got uh you've got a, a safety cushion in case one of your tenants in your home isn't paying your rent anymore you know, you've just got strength in number sort of thing Mm-hmm. I remember literally saying to myself, why don't I just go with an apartment, right? Just go right to the apartment. It's going to take me a long time to this, this house stuff. Um, let's go to the apartment. So that's kind of what got me in that direction. And then, um, you know, at the time it was a matter of, you know, how do I, apartment buying felt so overwhelming and mm-hmm. for a lot of people, because it's a whole new world, right? Um, sure. You buy units and how do you underwrite I and underwriting is a whole science in itself. At the time, it was a little hard for me to find uh, education or find someone that could help me. And I remember reading, um, reading about like stories from uh, people talk about how they got a mentor. You know, they paid yeah. lots, and lots of money for some mentor to help put them over their their shoulder or put them under their wing and coach them. And uh, I remember thinking, wow, that, that would be great to have one of those. Um, and I listened to a lot of uh, shows from Jake and Gino, their Real battle Profits uh, podcast, and loved those guys. And I remember one day getting an email. Somehow, I signed up. Uh, getting an email where they were accepting uh, students or you know people to work with them and they had a program they launched so i i, I joined their group and uh, became a student and got kind of plugged right into a wonderful group a community great network and a lot of support and I almost want to say kind of the rest is history there's more we can go into but that's really got me what got me off to the races was, was getting involved in a group uh, with education and uh, and and community right networking community that, that was that's been huge
0: Awesome. Well, let me let me dig into that actually a little bit more. Uh so I I resonate with that sentiment of like you hear, um, I specifically, yes, multifamily is one piece. Um, kind of another layer of the next level game is commercial, right? It's kind of like, okay, eventually you get exactly. into commercial or eventually you get exactly. into multifamily. Most everybody starts with residential. And, and I've, thought, I've thought that before, like, man, uh, and I've even heard people say that before of, um, well, it seems like everybody wants to be there eventually. Why would I not just start there? And then, you know, quickly as you start doing research, there's a lot of reasons, right? Number one, not the least of which is like, well, it takes a lot more money to get in. Um, and I'm sure there are strategies to do it without money. I don't know. Let me ask you the question, I guess, of as you looked through it, you saw all the same reasons that everybody else does of, um, oh, it'd be great to just hop forward right to the place where you make the most money. Um, and then you saw all the same reasons other people see and go, okay, that's, that's not for me. Let me start uh, with single family homes. What got you over those homes? How'd you answer those questions and feel comfortable taking that next step so quickly?
1: So, the, for me personally speaking, and I, I don't want to poo poo anybody that goes into the single family, uh, we'll call it world. It, sure. It's work. It's work, and I, mm-hmm. I respect the work. And if you do it right, you know I know a lot of people that are that are very have built successful businesses from nothing. Pretty much, it's, it's really incredible. Um, in in the whole single family world, whether they're doing wholesaling or a combination of things, or fixing something, or removing, becoming like developers, right? It's great stuff. Mm-hmm. For me, for the lifestyle I wanted. It just wasn't, it felt like extra work that I wasn't, I didn't want to do. And when I was learning about, you know, the, the dynamics of multifamily, one of the books that I read uh, was Dave Lindahl's book, uh, Emerging Markets. And I read that book pretty much from cover to cover in one session, I was like hours, I was enthralled by it. And everything just kept making more sense for me. And so i not, I was, I was less, mm, I was less concerned or worried about um, how to get started And because I was so bought into or sold on the idea that this was the way I want to, I want to, I want to go. And then it was a matter of figuring out, you know, who, right. It's not even how you do it. Who, who can help me get there. Um, And then only then, you know, there's a whole lot of, you know, you don't know what you don't know uh, that goes on. And, you know, you start really, once you get into the thick of things uh, when you start underwriting your first deal where there is a lot of, wow, I'm barely scratching the surface of this thing, Mm -hmm. you know, with my personality, I got involved in this uh, with little expectation of, of I guess, underappreciating how much I would really, really grow to love this type of work, this job. You know, as a as a sales guy, I'm chasing my customers down. I'm dealing right. with a lot of a lot of uh, we'll call it vendor, sales vendor weird politics and BS. It's yeah, so sure. refreshing to connect with people like you, where it's like, yeah, let's get on a call and let's talk about how we could add value to each other, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and and that is invigorating. And that's kind of one of the reasons why I really, really like multi Never mind all the fact that you can make a fortune doing it eventually, but it's a ton of work. But I, I feel like it's so rewarding, it, it makes it totally worth it. I don't know if I answered your question, but I.
0: No, you, you did. Like and I think part of it, you know. I think part of it, JP, was that you um, found a community in which that you could kind of uh, connect with and fall back yeah. on and uh, uh, fail fast with and learn quickly with. And um, you said that was what Wheelbarrow um,
1: group? Yeah, Wheel, Wheelbarrow profits is the name of okay. the brand name, but uh, the guys that run it are, are Jake and Gino. Uh, okay. If you look up Jake and Gino, Wheelbarrow Profits, they've built uh, an empire uh, practically. And there's a handful of guys that are like them. And what I, what I find is people that um, are on the fence of joining their program, it's usually a matter of, um, we'll call it attractive personality. Like you listen to their show and you kind of get a sense of who you are mm-hmm. as human beings mm-hmm. and you will either kind of resonate with them or maybe Rod Cleef or Brad Sumrock. Or a handful of the other 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 people that are, are kind of um, thought leaders in that space, where they're kind of creating an educational system and, and, and all those things. Um, so yeah, for, for me, Jake and Gino, I didn't, I wasn't even aware of the other guys, uh, but you know, I, I just jumped in the opportunity because I, I felt like I was longing for uh, a support group that can help coach me along the way, especially, <laughs> especially when. Um, uh, my partner and I at the time we decided on uh, on Atlanta as our as our market. This is back when I was living in New Jersey. So we spent uh, we planned a trip to Atlanta to meet with people, meet with brokers and everything like that. And we scheduled meetings. I don't know how we did it. We convinced people that we knew what we were talking about. And we met with a couple of local brokers here, uh, and they were giving us some deals. And we're like, "This is great. We're in the thick of it now." We got back home, and I started going through the offering memorandum and the T twelve and the rent rolls. And then I said to myself. What the hell am I looking at? I don't even know I, I, I didn't I didn't know how to move it to the next step, how yeah. to really, And that's when it really hit me like, I uh, crap, there's a lot more I need I need to know. And then it was yeah. a few months later that I, I ran into the uh, the academy there and I, that changed things. But yeah, community is a big part, especially if you are very serious uh, on getting into multifamily, and heck, even single family, right? why not why sure. not surround yourself with other people that have done this before? And I totally, I'm, I'm totally big on uh, investing in yourself, right? You know, mm-hmm. I don't look at, I'm spending money, I'm investing in my education, I'm investing in my family's future, um, and, uh, and and that's that's being you know a, con- a contributor to to our our, our world, in my opinion.
0: yeah yeah. So it the reason I kind of pressed there on the community aspect is I, I think probably more than. Any other, uh, I guess, piece of advice or perspective to share uh, more than any other uh, that I hear from guests on the show is people say, yeah, plug in, get, get people around you, get people who are smarter than you um, in your world and as a part of your team um, and work with people um, so that, yeah, that sounds like that was part of your that, story too. Which is- that,
1: that is it. And I'll, I'll, I'll add another piece to that, which I think takes us to the next level and i see this a lot from, from people that are kind of new in the space they're just getting it's getting started you know how do i get how do i help how do i add value to you and what i've learned along the way is that people that really go far is number one kind of being being comfortable with being outside of your comfort zone and then number two is if you find someone that you resonate with maybe they're a little further along the, the path than you are find something in your skill set that you can use or do to add value to their life for example I worked with this one guy, older gentleman, wasn't really good with the computer at all, the computer, right? Uh, wasn't good with using video conferences, wasn't good at sharing emails and stuff. And so I offered, you know, there was an opportunity there, but I had already gone on my path, but that was a perfect opportunity for someone to say, Hey, let me help you with your email marketing. Let me help you with, you know, your technology needs. And that adds value to somebody. So if you, if you connect with with, with someone, maybe there's a way that you can help, whether it's email, social marketing, uh, technology, something that's useful for them. And here's the thing. Don't ask, just do. So for example, hey, look, I made this, I made a, a brochure, an offering memorandum, or I made a one pager for your property. And you maybe you showcase your your design skills. That's huge. So just do it. Mm-hmm. And worst mm-hmm. they say is is thanks a lot. You know, pat it in the back. Or best they say is that's awesome. I want you to help me with my other projects. Right. Sure. Because this is a team sport.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yep, for sure. Yeah. That's a good, it's a really good point, JP. Um let's let's start going into a little bit uh what I, the, the topic I want to cover uh mostly on on this episode is kind of talking about finding finding deals. And we can talk about um uh I mean it sounds like you have most of your experience, if not all of it, in, in multifamily. So that's totally fine. Just speak to whatever you're you have most experience in. Um about about how you're even what you're even uh looking for. Kind of one of my first questions for you is when you're looking through, um, okay, so you're getting started. You're starting to look through, let's say, multifamily properties, and you're, there's a lot of them, right? You, you, go, you, you cast your net wide, yeah. and you start looking at all the things. You have to start figuring out pretty quickly um, what are the key indicators for me of what I should even look. take a second look at. I can't look at all of them twice. I certainly can't do market analysis on each one of them. What are some of your things, your uh, red flags that kind of pop up? Not red flags, but just flags for you that pop up, like, hey, this might be something I should look more into. What What are those for you?
1: Great question. Um, That's evolved over time, and uh, I'll answer it the best way I can, or best ways that I can that will add value to people's lives. So, in in multifamily specifically, there are varieties of um, of opportunities that people go after. There, what I work in is is in the value add space. So we quote unquote, add value uh, to properties. What does that mean? It means we find properties that are underperforming. So maybe the rents are under market. Maybe the, the management kind of sucks a little bit. If you look on their, their Google ratings, it's their one star um, mm-hmm. or a combination of all of the above. And you know, the seller, for one reason or another, they're ready to, to pull the plug or they want to sell it. Maybe they want to capitalize on, on where the market is in, their, in the cycle and, and, uh, and make a profit. That's okay too. Um, and they leave... What's called meat on the bone—it's like an industry term here, but it's used in other applications—for uh, the next buyer, meaning that there's some value add they can do. So, for example, maybe a hundred-unit property owner uh, renovates ten of his units and says, "Look, I can get a hundred-dollar rent bump." Great, you know, you have nine, You can buy this JP, and you can you can renovate ninety other units and create all that value by doing that. So that's what we do. We do value add. Uh, there, there's new construction, there's student loans or student housing, there's a whole variety of ways. But if my value add place. We look for, for properties that have value at potential so under market rents we look for things that have um, anywhere from 100 or well not really 100 it's like a 150 to 200 at least uh, rent delta between what they're operating at and what the market is operating okay at. that's okay. really important and i know that that's different for different it's different for different groups uh and it's different for different property sizes so for example if there's a 50 dollar rent Delta between a property and its competitors, and it's only 75 units, there's not a lot of value that you can create from that. However, if it was a $300 rent Delta and it's 75 units, that's a substantial amount. And hmm. and, and, and what I've learned is certain groups, right? If you're a hedge fund uh, or these, these bigger equity funds, uh, they're okay with, with, with a $50 or $100 rent bump on a 400 unit complex. Um, but for you know, for the the non-institutional people, you know, people like you and I, um, you know, that that's a different metric there. So, uh, so that kind of comes into play when we, when we analyze deals. It's how much meat on the bone there, how much opportunity is there for us to add our value. Okay, um, that's kind of part one, and then also it, it kind of feeds into it. Back to your question is on the location. You know, where is this okay. place located uh, in in relation to all of the, the exciting things that are going on in the market? I'm a big uh, I'm a big fan or nerd, data nerd. That's what I am, data nerd. Nice. I like researching demographics. I like reading about where the path of progress is, um, and that should be a, a big part of your overall strategy if you're buying places. Uh, because you know, there's a saying. I think it's location, 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 and that's an a important part. It's not the be end all, be all, but it really, really helps give you a nice boost in the arm um, if you if you buy a property in a in a, in a great location or a good location.
0: And and I'm imagining that it's I mean very similar to residential in that you find your area I think and I'm blanking on the term right now I think it's um like a farmer. A uh, farm market or farmer's area or something. I may be, conf- uh, but it's, it's, it's essentially, um, like your area, your niche area. You say, I know this radio, this spot really well. I can tell you price per square foot. I can tell you generally if it's this many, um, you know, if it's this many bed beds and baths, this is kind of the within plus or minus 25,000, what it should be. And I'm, I'm assuming it's pretty similar for multis, right? You just kind of know your area, you know, you have kind of a general rule of thumb of what it'll be. And,
1: you're absolutely right, Brandon. It, it could be. <clears throat> for us personally, it's a little different only because we go after properties that are 250 units plus in size. Okay. And so much if, larger. If I'm, yeah. if I'm just focusing on Atlanta, for example, there's only, I mean, there's a lot of apartments. By the way, do you know how many apartments there are in, in the country?
0: No, I have no idea.
1: <laughs> a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. There is more than enough to go around. If you go on sure. n- nmhc.org, they have a list of like the top holders. Some of these groups have like hundreds and hundreds of thousands of units. And wow. anyway, that's, a, that's a divergent. So yeah, there's a lot of apartments there. But um, so, but in Atlanta here, there's only a handful really of, of 250 plus size properties that go for sale. And our, our goal is to do four deals a year. So we needed to, to widen the our, our, our market so that we can get more deal flow coming in. So we're looking at 11 different cities. But but most normal, sane people uh, do what you were saying, which is... Uh, you know, you kind of pick an area, pick a, a market where markets like a handful and you, you try to get really good uh, with that. But what I've noticed is, is uh, it's, it's, it's been a hard year. We're coming in. We were, you know, we're in the middle of, of 2020 here almost. Uh, and up until this black swan event, it has been an extremely, extremely aggressive, uh, competitive marketplace. It's really mm-hmm. hard to find deep, good deals that make sense. Uh, but that's changing now. But, uh, but yeah, that, I mean, that, that's great advice for anybody that's, that's looking to get started, especially if it's um, smaller properties. You know, there's there's different, sure. we'll call them rungs of or pools of competition. Clearly, you know, there, there's a there's there's a sweet spot um, for people that want to get into multifamily. I'll give some extra value here. For people that want to get into multifamily, but they don't want to go too big for whatever reason, right? And I'm not pooing that. Um, you know, I would say between, we'll call it 10 units and probably up to 75, uh, where there isn't as much competition as there is in, in the hundreds and above. And there's like, it's like 100 to 200 and then 200 and above. It's a whole different category in itself. Um, but there's some challenges that come along with that, right? If you're going to have a 40-unit a, a property, you might have to self-manage that, or it might be hard to find a third-party property manager. We can have a separate conversation on, on, on third-party PMs, by the way. Um, but uh, but that, that would be a great strategy. If you If you kind of learn your market it's nearby or somewhere else, get good at it and know that you want to go after units of a certain uh, range or size, nothing wrong with that. It would, it's yeah. a great strategy. Great strategy.
0: Um, as you're saying, we JP, who, who is that? Are you, is it a business that you've started? Are you talking about the partners that you initially got with um, like your coaches in that group there? Who are you talking about when you say we?
1: Oh yeah. So uh, my business partner, uh, okay. he's not my wife yet. It would be weird. My wife, Jamie, get <laughs> my business partner, uh, Matt Shields, uh, okay. he and I, <laughs> We we met we met in the community.
0: Nice, nice.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We met uh, we met at a, a, a boot camp event that we did uh, here in Atlanta, and we just we clicked. Uh, he was into biohacking like I am, and um, he had you know really kind of similar values and work work ethic. Which, by the way, I think is a really important qualifier when you're um, when you're looking for a good partner is that you have similar work ethics. Worst thing yeah. in the world is. It's having a mismatch there. You know, you're yeah, the hard worker yeah. and the other guy's kind of a slouch a little bit. It's mm-hmm. going to create a lot of resentment and that's not going to be healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Matt Shields, we started a, a, a new company together called uh, Significant Lifestyle Communities back in uh, in October. I have a really interesting story. I don't know if you want me to go there on, on how how that kind of got started. But I'll, I'll yeah, I'd love to hear it. I'd love to hear it. All right, this is a story and a half. So this is <laughs> this is a story of, um, of, you know, like when the universe and God, you know, Sits on your head, sort of thing. Uh,
0: nice. Okay.
1: <laughs> okay. So I joined a mastermind. Are you, you know what a mastermind is. Yeah.
0: Right? Mm-hmm. You
1: pay a bunch of money to, to have successful friends. It, it's, sure. it's, it was very valuable. So we, we I joined Brendan Bouchard's mastermind and we had our first event in Sundance, Utah in September. And by the way, if you've never been to Sundance, it's an amazing place. So I went to Sundance. It was a three day event and I got there late. The first night there was a, uh, like a, a dinner, a rehearsal, if you will. Right? You get there, you get your food on your tray and you sit around and you network. So I got there late, and a lot of people were ready and seated, seated down, uh, seated, and were eating. And I got my food, and I felt like I was in, in middle school all over again. I'm like, "Crap, where do I where do I sit? Me, my food tray." So in the back of the room, I saw an older an older gentleman, because you'll hear this, uh, an older gentleman sitting by himself. And uh, I thought I thought to myself, "Let me go sit next to and learn from someone with white hair." Right.
0: Nice. That, sure.
1: Sure. I, I'm going to learn something from them that I wouldn't otherwise, I wouldn't, wouldn't otherwise learn. So I walk over, I introduced myself. I asked if the seat's taken. No, I had to sit down. And uh, so we start some pleasantries and, and he asked me, uh, what do I do for a living? And I said, well, I, I buy apartments. And uh, he remarked, that's incredible. I've, I've had over you know, 4,000 apartments in my, in my career, 20 oh, years. Right. And uh, it turns out that this gentleman, his name is Howard Primer. Uh, Howard, had just was mourning the loss of his wife. This poor guy uh was was married for a number of years and he was one of these people that loved, 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 loved his wife. So you know the, the loss of his wife was a was a big blow for him. And this was like his first way, his first event kind of working to rebuild himself after that. Okay. Right? And I spent three days with this guy. He was uh had incredible stories, like life stories, right? So much different experience, diverse experience. And um, and just kind of acted like a friend to him because he needed one. And, and I, you know, it was, it was, it was just great. So uh, I go to learn that Howard had and has a very unique intra- perspective on, on multifamily housing and how he ran his properties were very different back then. And they're still cutting edge today. And so after the end of three days, let's think, you know, quizzing him and asking him how he does this and how he writes that, like clearly there was more work to be done there. And, and we were put in a place that, by the way, there was 250 people there. And I run into the only guy that does multifamily, number one. And nice. Two, like we just got along like you know, two peas in a pod sort of thing. And so at the end of the, these three days, I said, Howard, you know, clearly God put us in the same, same place together. How do we keep the party going? So we worked on an arrangement where he would help uh, my, my business partner, Matt, and I model a business that was just like what he had built when he had his company. And, um, if you, if you like, I could go into a little bit about his, his, his and our, uh, our perspective, like our, our business approach to, to housing and why, why he thinks that we think it's broken.
0: Interesting. No, no, no. Let's, let's move into continue to go through, um, uh, how to look for deals specifically. Cause I you think that it. would be um, helpful, but no, that was really interesting. I think that yeah. uh, again, that ties directly into find a community, get involved in with the people around you doing things that you're doing, doing it better than you're doing it and learning from them. I think that like, that's a huge takeaway. Continue that,
1: that is, that is actually it. That is the, the, the salient point of both of those stories.
0: For sure. Um, well, let me, let me ask this as well. So, um, when you uh, are talking to others in a community, to get involved in. Um, tying back to that again, if you're if you're talking to others and you are looking at people who are either, I guess, just getting started, or maybe they've been doing it for a while and um just not doing it well. What's the main thing you see people looking past? Um, in a deal when a deal comes across their desk. And they pass it up versus a deal comes across your desk and you jump on it. What's the main thing that differentiates? Maybe what you're looking at when you say deal or that's not a deal um, versus somebody else uh, just looking at it. What's the what, what's something you really see people consistently looking
1: over? Oh, there's a lot there, Brandon. Okay. <laughs> um, I if there's I th- my opinion is there's going to be layers of, of aspects to it. Okay. It, 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 I, I wish it was more cut and dry, but it's, it's layers that make sure a bigger picture of it. Sure. So, um, so for example, the, we'll talk about maybe what's going on in the market itself. You know, if it's in one of those paths of progress, someone could mm-hmm, be unaware mm-hmm. if, if you're not really following what's going on in the neighborhood, Yeah. maybe you don't know that two miles down the road this brand new mixed use developments going on and that's going to be a big deal. Right. So, you know, being aware of what's going on macro, micro in the neighborhood, um, looking at, you know, for it's like a one man's trash is another man's treasure for some people, you know, a hundred dollar or $150 rent Delta isn't enough of an opportunity for value add for somebody else that's looking to make a, a particular return for their investors. That's probably more than enough. Right? Mm-hmm. So, so, mm-hmm. the, so that that kind of comes in, ties into the equation, um, and then also I would say, um, you know, maybe the overall age of the product. So, for example, if you're new getting in, a lot of there's a lot of competition on what's considered C class properties, so properties that are built okay. in the '60s and '70s. Um, and you know, people that once you kind of get started and you get some deals under your belt, everyone kind of trades up. Everyone moves up to you know the the newer car. Right mm-hmm, or or or, or, or the, the newer used car, so they move to an 80s or 90s product. Um, but that 70s product that they're looking to sell might be great for someone that's just getting started because you need a deal, you need experience. Sure. Uh, so that's another element that comes in the age of the product, the age of the vintage of it. Okay. Um, yeah. And then also maybe even uh, maybe even if if the property requires self management or not, right? Mm, if you've, okay. You've got yeah. the time and the ability, maybe you self manage it. You save some money potentially, um, and you deal with the headache of management instead of the other person. That's those are all very you know, all all good reasons why deal might work for someone and or not work and work for you and vice versa.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yep, no, that's all really good perspective. Um as uh we kind of continue in that vein of uh what's a good deal, what's not? What um what would you say cuz I think a lot of people, especially this podcast um that listeners tend to be uh, more beginners uh, just trying to get started and trying to get their head around, all right, I've did some research, found real estate, now what do I do? Yeah. Um as and, and I think a lot of people um as we kind of talked at the beginning they end at, well, well, I should start in residential. Um, and so as they start doing that, they start getting comfortable with um, well, what makes a good residential deal for you. And you have more experience in multifamily. If that attracts people and people say, hey, I would love to do that too. Let me get started in multifamily. JP could do it. I can do it. Um, and what? Uh, what's the main difference? So as people kind of gather their knowledge around a residential deal, what makes or breaks a residential deal? can you lay out some of the key differences um, so that people kind of who have a better understanding of residential can tie that into the multifamily and maybe feel like you'd be comfortable in that area as well?
1: Yeah. I'll, I'll add a great question. I'll add a couple of things. Let's talk about um, valuation. So okay. unlike, excuse me, unlike a single family world. And again, I say that not in a derogatory sense or disrespect offense, but in a sure, single sure, family space, um, val- homes are valued by, by your 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 comparables, right? How much mm-hmm, uh, uh, similar square footage, similar bedroom, similar age in your neighbor in and around your neighborhood? What they sold for? So yep. um, that's heavily heavily valued. And how much cash flow the property makes or doesn't make is not part of the equation at all. So um, that's the same, I'm going to make a, making a note here because I want to talk about leverage as well. Um, so that's you know valuation there. So in, in multifamily, it's different valuation, you know, I think it's the definition is... is and when
0: is, we're talking multifamily, you're saying four units and uh, or five units That was, my, up, next, <laughs> that, that okay. was my next
1: okay. qualifier. I believe that nice. the technical definition is, is five units and up is okay. I believe commercial. Um, I haven't a smallest I've done is 12. So I haven't I haven't done okay. right over the border there. But let's say you're doing a, a 12 unit, right? Looking at going to unit. you yep. the 12 unit yep. itself is the value of it, in, it by, by the bank, the appraisers go off of how much Cash flow it makes, and cash flow in multifamily is is uh, is also uh, called another thing. It's called NOI, which is your net operating income, and that is the what money is left over after I have my income that comes in, I pay my expenses, and then whatever I have left over, which is your NOI. And so, how much NOI is what the value is? is it worth a million dollars, two million dollars, four million dollars, whatever your property is worth. And so, it, it, yes, there are comparables that are part of the equation. You know, how much did other properties sell nearby? But at the end of the day, it, it's you're buying an asset that creates cash flow, and you're buying the very value interesting.
0: That's a fundamental flow. difference. So you're saying that it's not a huge um, difference. Yeah. So you're not they, they're not as concerned uh, with uh, the actual value of the property itself. It's what's the cash coming in. Yes. Uh, and that's here, how we here, value. And if you want, I'll give you an
1: example, a real yeah, world yeah. example. Here. I'm going to do it on my calculator as we, we talk through this here.
0: Great. All
1: right. So let's say for argument's sake, you've got a property. It's a hundred units. I'm going to make a note here while I do this in real time. Mm-hmm. shouldn't do math out. I'm going to do it on my phone. Right hundred <laughs> units. And let's say we're going to raise the rent by $50. Okay. So 100 okay. units times $50. That's a month. Of course, that's $5,000 a month times 12. Twelve months in a year, best i my mm-hmm. is sixty k. So I've got a property, and let's say all things stay the same, right? I have the same level, of, I have the same level of income, and I have the same amount of expenses. And normally, my 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 NOI is about a million bucks, just for argument's sake, leave it at that. But I decided, you know what? I did some research, and I should be charging fifty dollars more a month for my one hundred units. Great, new new residents come in, you start raising the rents, and you go on and you go on. Hey, okay, cool. How did that sixty grand a year? Impact my NOI? Is my property worth sixty thousand dollars more? Well, let's check that out. So there's this concept of of, of a capitalization rate or a cap rate. That's totally I've heard
0: that. Yeah. Okay.
1: And I know for me in the beginning, cap rate was this abstract idea that I didn't yeah. really fully comprehend until you kind of are working with it.
0: That's where so I'm at. With, yep.
1: Another way of thinking about cap rate is if you were to buy a property for a hundred percent cash, you didn't get a loan on it, right? How much return does it make for me? Am I making 5% a year, 10% a year? Like what's my return on investment? And that essentially is cap rate. Okay. All right. So now here's the interesting, but the good part to know, and this is where it's a little confusing, the lower the cap rate number. So if it's a 4%, 3%, 2%, it tells you you're not making a lot of return on it, but here's the, the kicker cap rates at that low number, three, 4% or so, they have a inverse relationship. So it's the opposite of how much extra valuation creates. And I'll I'll give you the example, I'm gonna lay it out here. So we made 60 grand a year by by raising the rent 50 bucks. So to figure out how much uh, value that created, we take the the, the NOI number, in this case it's 60 grand, and we divide it by a cap rate. So let's look at a 7% cap rate property, right? That's typical for uh, maybe a C-class 1970s, 60s build product in a a secondary market. So I'm gonna take 60 grand, divide that by 0.07 and I get 857K. That's 857,142, but we'll just call it 857K, all right? That's how much value I created in the property according to appraiser. Now let's compare that 60K to a 4% cap rate. Now a 4% cap rate is something that you would see in New York City or Miami or up until, you know, a couple weeks ago with this black swan event. Uh, It was these crazy, (laughs) crazy, crazy markets for a C-class property. Um, so we take $60,000 divided by four, uh, 4%. That is $1,500,000. So by adding, by literally adding value, right? Creating extra revenue or reducing expenses of $60,000 to my bottom line, I've either created as much as $857,000 of value in the property that I can go to the bank and refinance or $1.5 million. You can't do that in single family.
0: No, mm-mm. no, it doesn't. I mean, that's like again, that's a fundamental difference. So you can raise the rents all you want, and it doesn't increase the value of the asset. It just increases your cash flow. So
1: interesting. Yep, yep, and and that's so power. That's how you generate all the wealth in, in the multifamily space. Is is the power of that? That's why I was saying before, if a property has a rent delta of fifty dollars, right? If there was three hundred units, fifty dollars a unit, that adds up to a lot. But if it's two hundred fifty dollars or three hundred dollars, I'm um, here. Let's just do this. Let's say it was three hundred fifty dollar rent delta for hundred units, right? That's three three five thousand dollars a month times twelve is four hundred twenty grand a year. Divided by let's do a five percent cap rate. Eight point four million dollars of value.
0: Wow. Okay. Now
1: to be like real world stuff. Right? What do you eight point right. four? 8, so what that means is you can go and, and either finance or refinance a portion of that money out. Typically between 65 and 70% uh, of that money out. So if I made $8.4 million of extra valuation, like let's just pull 0.7. I can pull out 5.8, no, uh, minus 85. Yeah, about $2.6 million. Did I do that right? Did other way around? You know what I'm saying? You just take about $4 yeah, million on yeah, yeah, yeah. the property. Yeah. Um, and the rest you, you get a new loan for. So it's, it's really, really powerful stuff. And more and more people are kind of waking up to it. And unfortunately, you know, unfortunately, it's creating a lot of competition, uh, which I don't like to see, but you know, I, I get it. But the, the good news is there's more than enough apartments for everybody, per, per my comment before.
0: So yeah, so really, um, yeah, so cap rate, I mean, is one, is one of the, the the key ways. Um, yes.
1: So you were asking about how what makes single family different from multifamily. So we were right. talking about value creation. I talked about NOI and the other part was leverage is the other part so yeah. you know I, I do have some single family experience i i i made a detour early on in my, my real estate career and i bought a single family house with my partner at the time in midland texas and uh it was a new construction it sounded good at the idea a uh, good idea at the time but now i've got a house that's vacant and i'm forking out fifteen hundred dollars a month oh. in my pocket to uh to, to pay for it now we've got oil at you know trading negative dollars sort of thing yeah. um so that's not going to get rented anytime soon and i can't sell right now so I hold on to it, but you know, um, the problem we're going to run into eventually we're modeling these things out, we can only get a loan. Each of us can get a what? 10 loans under our name.
0: Right. Something like that.
1: And, um, and, and the, the loan terms that you get on, 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 commercial, on real estate. So that loan we got, what am I at? I think I'm at like five and a quarter percent because it's an investment property and I had to put 20% down. Well, that's not the end of the world, but in, in multifamily, depending on the, on the asset, you can get a loan right. of. 85% loan to value. you mm. can even get loans called loan to cost, LTC, where you include a percentage of your um, your renovation budget and, and, and costs as well. Mm. so you can get more leverage and plus these are these are typically you can get uh, what are, you know what non-recourse loans are?
0: No mm.
1: they're great. Non-recourse loans means you're not financially we'll, we'll call it, say liable for, for lack of a better phrase. For the loan now, there's, there's stipulations or They're called bad boy carve outs that say, um, you know, if you're if you're uh, committing fraud on the property, maybe you're stealing money from the property, or you know, you're, you're in, doing some kind of bad stuff, shady stuff like that. Um, then the bank can go after you. But if you know, if the if the economy tanks and and you uh, you know you can't make the rent, or so you're having a hard time renting to get out, and the bank has to foreclose on it, you're not liable for the loan. There's there's red lines there where, Sure. Hidden print, but fundamentally, that's the, that's the, the purpose of a non-recourse mm. loan. So you can get all these these multi-million dollar loans um, and and not be financially responsible for them. That's kind of a funny way of saying it, but that's that's the gist of it. that's that's a huge differentiator, and you can't really do that in, in residential.
0: Okay, so yeah, summarize this for me again. We are uh, leverage, um, uh, cap rate, and what was the third one?
1: Uh, NOI, which is the, Noi, uh, the How right. it's how it's valued. You know, part of how it's valued.
0: Okay. Awesome. Yep. That, that breaks it down really well for me. That's, that's awesome. Um, let me, uh, go, let me, let me go off of, uh, kind of deal finding and even, uh, multifamily really specifically here for, for a second and ask you specifically JP, what is the most, um, what's the most valuable thing that you've done for your own, you said earlier, um, investing in yourself. You don't see it as spending money. It's investing in you and your family's future, which I love that perspective. What's the most valuable thing you've done to invest in yourself to further your real estate education?
1: I have, oh man. Um, th- or just one
0: of them. You don't have to find the crown jewel, but just yeah, something yeah, that has no. been really helpful.
1: <laughs> the, I stop because these are really good questions. And I, I want to maximize value to the listeners Sure. Out there. Sure. And there's a handful of things, but I think I kind of said it already. It's, it's investing in yourself there. You know, at the end of the day, the buck stops with, with you, you, whoever you are listening sure. to this thing. Right. And um, you know, you've kind of have no one else to blame but yourself. So it's, it's, it's your responsibility to, to learn up as much as you can and and bring on the people that can, that can bring the pain. I'm, I'm so, 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 so thankful I had an opportunity to meet, meet Howard, he's really helped uh, Matt and I bring our game to the next level um, in, mm. in ways that we, we can't even get into. It's just, it's just, it's so wonderful to have work with someone that's already been there, they've already done that, and you just shave years and, and, yeah. and, and add back life, years of life to your, your life expectancy right. Right. by shortcutting that process. So if you can, you know, if you are serious about getting into whatever it is, actually, whether it's real estate or starting a new business Sure. Find someone that you can you can work with a partner with or hire. That's an excellent use of of, of of money. That's the best way that you can get the you know, biggest bang for your buck and go farther, faster, sooner, better, harder. Awesome,
0: awesome. Whatever. Um, all the all the words. <laughs> oh. <laughs> all the words. Totally <laughs> Uh, uh, so yeah, investing in yourself and specifically yeah. finding somebody, um, who can, who can do that and do that yeah. through, uh, from experience, from a place yeah. of experience. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, I, I, love JP hearing, um, you know, your enthusiasm and your, like you, you mentioned your work ethic, you're obviously a really hard worker and you're, and you have, uh, goals that you're working towards. Tell me, um, where do you want to be in, in a year? Let's just say in a year, um, what are some things specifically if, if we touch base again in a year where do you want to be is it it could be any number of things i want to have this many units or i want to have this much in net worth or whatever it might be what are some of your goals you'd like to see accomplished in a year from now
1: i'm putting this on the calendar for for one year from today's date. so nice i should do this call because i love that premise um year from now we uh let's see one year from now we'll have four units for this year so one year from now we'll be on our our fifth property our fifth property Um, That's 250 units uh, or more in size. We're supposed to find out about a property uh, 320 that we we went after uh, tomorrow if we got it or not. So uh, we'll we'll know where we are uh, shortly. Um, Yeah, growing our our portfolio, uh, I had a goal getting into this. It was an ambitious goal, but I still want to get to it. I just didn't realize how long it would take of getting to um, $100,000 a month of of cash flow. It's a little different in multifamily because it's like a little delayed. Mm-hmm. one but I, to me like the, the figure of 100 grand and i feel like people don't talk about money as much as uh, as openly as we should But mm. for me like i felt like 100 grand was enough where you can pretty much do like it's hard to spend 100 grand a month like yeah. possibly, right <laughs> like that's enough money where you don't have to worry about anything it's also not like an egregious amount of money right like 10 million a month that's right. Kind
0: of crazy right right
1: uh, but I, for me you know i wanted to get to 100k a month so will i get to 100k a month of of passive income in one year from now, I don't know, but I want to be, I want to work towards getting close to that. And even if I I fail and I'm at 50 K a month, right. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> um, what I'm going for. That's what I'm awesome.
0: Going for. Okay. Yep. So, so finding, um, amount of passive income uh, coming yeah. in in a month and, and working towards that, whatever that means as far as how many properties you need or, or yeah, yeah things you work on. Uh, awesome. There's a complicated
1: awesome. formula behind it. I think
0: it's, like yeah, a, I'm sure a there is. Like there's that. complicated formula behind everything. <laughs> um, the, uh, okay. So, so let me, uh, wrap up with, with this question here. Um, if you could go back to when was, uh, actually, when was, you might've said this, maybe I missed it. When was the first, it uh, y- was the year that you first got involved in real estate? How long ago was that?
1: I think it was 2016.
0: Okay. So 2016. Let's, let's just go with that. Let's say like four years ago, if you could go back to that version of yourself back in 2016, what's the one piece of advice, if you could talk to yourself then, what's the one piece of advice you could give yourself four years ago that would save you the most trouble over the next four years as you experienced them?
1: On one hand, I wouldn't want to change anything because I'm really grateful the way things. I
0: hear that like sometimes out. too. Yeah, I know it's a crappy yeah, sure.
1: answer. I, on the other hand, no, I get I it. Short, I get it. If I could shortcut the process, I think it would have been um, probably start like go bigger sooner, sort of thing. Okay. Because the reality is, a 12 unit, a 28 unit, a 42 unit, it's all the same amount of work. And man, this whole process, hmm. Brandon, I'm, I'm sure you can agree with me. There's a lot of limiting beliefs that you go through sure. to get to get success. And this this business has, 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 has forced me to kind of deal with those sort of things. And as, as silly as I think they are, they're real, right? And they get they prevent you from, from taking action. Um course, so yeah. I know yeah. for a lot of us, like the idea of buying an apartment, a four unit or 12 unit, is paralyzing. You know, I'm gonna start with, with a single family. But if you know, if I would I would challenge you, if you're on board for, for going into apartments, do it. And if you're gonna do it, do it big with, you know, partner up with mm-hmm. people. Don't get over this idea that uh, you're going to do it by yourself. I mean, you could, why would you? It's so much more fun to do it with multiple sure. people. So to answer your question, uh, I, I wouldn't change anything. And if I had to change something, because I'm not put a gun to my head, <clears throat> Brandon, I would say um, to uh, go, go bigger sooner. You, okay. You're going to shortcut a lot of the process and it's the same amount of work anyway. So why not make more money doing it? Because Why else yeah. are we doing this, you know, to, to, to better our lives?
0: Yeah. And that's interesting. I mean, um, go bigger sooner is a concept that of course, like that's awesome. Of course, go bigger, make more money sooner, of course. But, and, uh, everybody would do it if, if everybody could. But I think what you're saying is make sure you do it, uh, wisely. And one specific way to do that is do it with others, do it with others who are either doing it or maybe even, uh, who are already doing it, or maybe just starting the journey with you. And you can bounce things off each other and, uh, use the power of your minds together Um, so that would be what you're saying. I think a wise way to do it. Yes, go big and go quick. Um, but make sure you do it in a way that makes sense. And that could Uh, be with other people.
1: I'll even add this. So, you know, going back to my point about bringing, hiring someone or partnering with someone that is more experienced, maybe you and two or three of other, your, your new friends that are newbies, you, you go split these on, on bringing on mentor. That's a great way of, of, Hmm kind of starting together and also cutting down the cost of, of Yeah, that's of, a great of education. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's fun doing it with, with you know, with people that you know, share values with and, and, and experience. It's way more rewarding because there's a lot of, a lot of, this is all mental, a lot of mental yeah, stuff that goes sure. on and it's, it's, it's kind of boring when you're the only one talking to yourself.
0: No, I get it. Your, I get it. Yep. Right? Awesome. JP, that's a oh, really really valuable perspective. Um I know people can chew on a lot that's there. So I really appreciate you sharing, man. That was that was great.
1: I appreciate you having a platform where I can talk.
0: Uh, yeah, for
1: sure. A lot. This is
0: great. <laughs> for sure. For sure. I appreciate you taking the time. Um if in if anybody did really resonate with with what you said, JP, or um or maybe in that area and yeah. uh, are interested in partnering or whatever, how can people get a hold of you?
1: Uh, great question. So I would say the easiest thing is to go check me out on jpalbano.com, uh, okay. J-P-A-L-B-A-N-O, no relation mm-hmm. to Captain Lou Albano if you're old enough to get that reference. <laughs> uh, and I will add, if I may, I got a little plug. I built Absolutely. a I built a course uh, for busy people that helped them understand how to invest in multifamily. I found that awesome. most most people that are successful, they got money, but they don't have time. Right? And you know, JP, right. help me understand what I'm looking at in your deal brochure. Right? What does IRR mean?
0: Yeah, sure, just, sure. Just
1: give me the Cliff Notes version. So I built a course that walks you through the Cliff Notes version of how to analyze a deal to invest in. And how to, how to buy apartments, how to invest in apartments as a passive investor. So I built the course. You can check it out on, on jplbannel.com. And, um, and, awesome. So uh, that's, where,
0: that's where they'd find it. What's it called again? Uh, it,
1: it, it's, I think it's called the No BS Guide to Passive Real Estate Investment. It's actually a really awesome. Model title awesome that's That's great
0: man that's that's exactly i mean seriously that's exactly applicable if somebody saw the title of this um episode and knew we were talking about how to analyze and find good deals in multifamily um that would be specifically applicable uh, to them so that's awesome um okay well uh jp thanks so much man i'll let you go and get on with, with the rest of your night but I appreciate you taking the time
1: thank you brandon i really appreciate you it was good to uh good to connect here I'll see you in one year, one year.
0: Sounds good. One year from now. That's right. (laughs) $100,000. Perfect. All right. See you, man. Bye. If you guys enjoy the show, please head over to iTunes and leave a review. That actually helps a lot to get the podcast out there as people are looking for helpful real estate investing resources online. You can also like our Facebook page to keep up to date with new episodes as they publish. And don't forget to subscribe through whatever podcast player that you use. If you have questions about a specific topic that we covered, or if you have a suggestion about another area that you'd like to see me dig into, or if you'd like to be a guest on the show, please reach out. I'd love to get in touch. You can email me at brandon at realestatefortherestofus.com. Thanks so much for joining me today, guys. One show at a time, we'll work to make real estate investing accessible for the rest of us.